0: On this week's episode of Ride the Lightning, the Tesla Motors unofficial podcast, we get an up close look at Model 3's near final wheels. Model X finally gets its crash test rating from the US government. Elon Musk gives a hint about what the next gen Tesla Roadster will be capable of and more. Good afternoon, friends, or at least it's the afternoon, uh, late afternoon as I record this. I'm Ryan McCaffrey. This is Ride the Lightning, the Tesla Motors unofficial podcast, episode number 98 for June 18th, 2017. And uh, I want to say hello from Los Angeles. I'm here on the uh, high up floor of a high rise in downtown LA, wrapping up my E3 convention, the Electronic Entertainment Expo, which is what I've been in town for. And I've got... uh, another thing after this so which i which will, i will not be able to do the podcast during so needed to knock it out early this week so again uh, i want to apologize if i do miss any big tesla news uh, or i should say as you hear this if i missed any big tesla news on friday or perhaps even saturday i will pick it up on episode number 99 next week but uh yeah, i tell you, it's, it's been a hectic week. Trade, if, you know, if you have to work a trade show in your job in whatever capacity you have to work that trade show, in my case, it's media, uh, it is, it's hectic, it's tiring, but in our case, E3 is fun. It's like the Christmas morning of video games where you get to unwrap all these new presents, all these crazy surprises, so it's always a lot of fun. This is my 14th one, so I've been around the block a few times. Uh, a number of people, very nice people, stopped to say hello to me. Uh, most of those were, were video game people, obviously, video game fans, IGN fans. But a few of you even mentioned this podcast. So that, that extra warms my heart. That really made me feel good. So thank you if, that was, uh, if you were one of those people. And, uh, you know, next time I'm here, I always forget the Peterson Auto Museum, is here in da- near downtown Los Angeles. I really need to go on one of these trips because not only do they have uh, what is apparently an incredible collection of of classic cars, they have one of the three 24 karat gold plated DeLoreans that were produced uh, at DeLorean Motor Company. It was part of this. Just real quick, it was uh, I know this is a Tesla show. They they were doing an American Express promotion in 1981. If you bought uh, it was an, it was going to be eight, it was $85,000 in 1981 money and you'd get a 24 carat gold plated car they intended to do a series of 100 of them they ended up building two they had two orders and then they made spare parts a spare set of panels and everything in case anything happened to either of those two cars then when the company went under the very very last DeLorean assembled was a third gold-plated car, and I really wanna see one of those cars. It's one of the few quote-unquote sort of celebrity DeLoreans I've never seen, uh, and it's just an interesting piece of automotive history. Anyway, on to the Tesla news for this week, and uh, sort of a so-so week, not, not nearly as fun as Elon at the shareholders meeting last week, but a number of you have called in over the months, and certainly recently, in fact, this has come up, crash test ratings for the Model X. Fortunately, they are finally in. The Model X finally got its crash test rating from the National Highway and Traffic and Safety Administration. And, uh, it, boy, it sure took a while, didn't it? It's a, the car's been in full production, I say full production, for about 18 months already. It's, it's technically been in production for even longer than that. But uh, it has taken a while, but it has happened and it was awarded, as Tesla themselves had anticipated, five stars in every category. Tesla says it is the very first SUV to achieve five stars in every category. Tesla issuing a statement saying, quote, more than just resulting in a five-star rating, the data from NHTSA's testing shows that Model X has the lowest probability of injury of any SUV it has ever tested. In fact, of all the cars NHTSA has ever tested, Model X's overall probability of injury was second only to Model S, emphasis mine there. If you're curious though, this is a sound you never wanna hear in real life. If you're curious what it sounds like for a Model X to get T-boned at 40 miles per hour, this is what it sounds like. This is from a video released by the NHTSA of the Model X in crash testing. Check this out may none of us ever hear that sound uh moving on to model 3 news this week the model 3 release candidates keep spreading to other states we now have confirmed sightings in utah ohio where they had previously turned up and illinois as well so uh seemingly far and wide the model 3 begins to Uh, spread its wings. So no matter where you live in the United States, I would advise you to keep an eye out because it seems you never know if you just might see one. In fact, uh, on a related note here, Tesla has updated the website, the Model 3 webpage, to let people know that Model 3 test drives will begin in late 2017, noting that, quote, first priority will be to current reservation holders, end quote which is exactly how it was handled with the Model S. Uh, You needed to be a reservation holder in the early going in order to get uh, a test drive in the car. And I've got to figure, I presume, if it's late 2017, that means all-wheel drive's not out yet, performance isn't out yet. So these are most likely going to be rear-wheel drive, probably 75 kilowatt-hour cars, if I had to guess. So... um, if you live in California and you plan to purchase a 75 kilowatt hour rear wheel drive car, you may very well get your car before, <laughs> before uh, you even get a, a shot at a test drive. You might be one of the lucky, I, I say lucky, I guess in quotes, because you might not, you know, it might sort of weird you out to potentially take delivery of a car that you've never even driven or perhaps even sat in. In person, but th- that happened to a lot of Model S owners. Uh, you know, they they made the they made the ultimate hundred thousand dollar leap of faith, and so we'll see how many people end up having to, or well, having the option to do the same. Because of course, you can always defer if you're not comfortable placing your order and finalizing your order for your car. Without a test drive, you can certainly defer, and that's you're well within your rights. And no, no one would ever blame you for that. You know, you certainly it's a it's a very large expense. You are well within your rights to uh, want to know and have a feel for exactly what you're getting. But uh, circle your calendar there if you happen to a be on the list and b live near a Tesla store. You're looking at late this year to potentially get your your uh, shot behind the wheel before you. Finalize your order and take delivery of your own Model 3. Speaking of Model 3s, uh, someone this week got a very, very good look at one at a supercharger in California, and what I want to talk about with regards to that pertains to the car's wheels. So this car had the 19-inch turbine-style wheels on it—the one that's you know that we've we've been commonly seeing. Of course, we've we've now. Seen three wheel styles in the wild on the release candidates. There's the turbine style wheels that were on the silver Model 3 Alpha prototype. Although, again, those were 20 inch on the prototype and they're 19 inch on the release candidates. Then there's the sort of uh, more plain asterisk looking styled wheels that are 18 inch that we've seen on release candidates. And then more recently, uh, what I, uh, actually, I don't know if we have confirmation on size, but uh, the aero wheels have also been spotted of late as well. So I'm referring here to the turbines, which are my preferred wheel. They're the ones I intend to order on my car. I, I uh, personally prefer them the most. And uh, what's significant here, I know I, I've talked about how I really wish these had been offered in a 20, Because I I do think just that extra inch makes a difference. I I just don't think the car sits as aggressively on those wheels in 19-inch than they did on the Alpha prototype at 20-inch. So we'll see. Like I said, I'm holding out hope that maybe the performance model will have a 20-inch option. But for the time being, uh, the good look that we were able to get at this car yielded a couple of things, First, the tire sizes, the specific tire sizes. Now, I had given you tire sizes over well over a year ago after the uh, Model 3 reveal, and in fact, had priced those out and had shared that with you on the show. That information, you know, it seems is now uh, irrelevant because as of now, there are no 20 inch wheels in production for the Model 3. So, it's good to find out about the 19 inch wheels that are in production. They are 235 40 R19s. And so I I went ahead and looked them up on Tire Rack just because that's, you know, can at least give us a pretty good universal idea of what to expect on them for uh, price. Now, these are, there were Continentals that were spotted, even though uh, Hankook is the quote-unquote, official tire supplier of Model 3 from that deal signed, uh, I believe it was sometime last year. But what's spotted on the release candidates are Continentals. And so I looked them up on Tire Rack, or I looked up that size on Tire Rack, and on there they have Continental Contipro Contacts. That is all, that, or that was two words. Contipro Contacts is one word. The Continental Contipro Contacts uh, which are not the same ones that were actually uh, on the release candidate. Those, those may be proprietary tires that Continental's building for Tesla because they're not listed on Tire Rack. But uh, they are list, the, the tires that are available on Tire Rack are listed for about $232 per tire, which comes out to $929 for a set of four-plus shipping. So basically call it about 1000 bucks to first, you know, all around. That's, you know, of course, that's if you're ordering from Tire Rack. Your, you know, your mileage may vary whether you're getting them from, just sourcing them from Tesla directly or, or you know, a discount tire near you or something like that. But just, you know, take this as a, as a, you know, decent barometer of what to expect. So if you're budgeting for your car, you know, if you're thinking you want to get the 19s, now you've got a good idea of what to expect as far as the cost of tires, uh, when you do need to replace them. Now, I don't know what uh tread wear rating the Continentals on the release candidates are rated at, but the ones that I just mentioned from Tire Rack are rated at 500, which is pretty good. That's a pretty good tire wear rating. So, um, <clears throat> that's definitely something to keep in mind when you are going to be. Shopping for tires, I will point out. It's worth noting there were other options on Tire Rack, and I'm not going to list all of them for you, mostly because, well, number one, I value your time as someone who's kind enough to listen to this podcast and trust me with a you know hour or so of your week every week. But uh, they're they're all mostly the same price. They were all right in the same ballpark of you know that two thirty two a tire. Some were ten bucks less, some were ten bucks or so more. So that's that's right in the ballpark. Now, the other interesting note about this particular release candidate that was, that was spotted at the supercharger with, uh, with you know, that guy had a good look at, this release candidate had the black lug nut covers over the wheels, the ones you may remember from the Alpha prototype that were carbon fiber, or at least they had a carbon fiber pattern to them. They were just black here. Not the not carbon fiber or no no sort of carbon fiber uh appearance to them, so and you know and honestly, they looked a little plain, but these are just release candidates. We don't know how the the final final wheel is gonna look, so I'm hoping that the carbon fiber option isn't gone entirely. I'm hoping either it's just gonna show up on the final wheel or Like I was, like I've been uh, suggesting/slash hoping, that maybe there is going to be a 20-inch version of this wheel for the performance Model 3, and maybe that will have the carbon fiber lug nut cover. But uh, just some interesting, you know, it's wheels are important, right? I mean, it's I think all of us, they're very subjective. All of us like different wheels. We like different sizes or or different styles. But it's, you know, this stuff is important. And the the tire sizes, uh, which leads to the tire costs, we all need to know that because we're all going to be driving our Model 3s and we're going to need to know what we're in for when it's time to replace them. Okay, Uh, for existing Tesla owners, some quick news here. The long-awaited Linux kernel update should be pushed out any moment now, possibly by the time you even hear this. So that's good news that the uh, Tesla UI will get more efficient and get a very, very long uh, overdue under-the-hood upgrade. Now, you're not necessarily going to see any obvious immediate benefits. Hopefully, you will. But uh, the web browser is going to be a big component of this. But Elon says the web browser part specifically is gonna be due next month. And now, because that's, if, you're, if, you've, if you own a Tesla, you already know, and if you don't, you should be warned for now. Uh, hopefully the problem will be solved by the time you get your Tesla. The, the web browser in the S and the X is pretty much useless at this point. Uh, it's just way too slow. It's it's not very responsive. It's very laggy when you're trying to scroll. It's it doesn't doesn't load super quick. So uh, hopefully Tesla is on their way to making that if not uh, desirable would be nice, but usable would be would be a good start. Elon saying on Twitter, quote, Linux kernel update was way harder than anticipated. Giant improvement, but meant way more OS overhead tuning to keep screen frame rate good. So uh, the thing to keep in mind, I sort of touched on it a second ago, but the nice part here again, always, always uh, give a thank you to your Model S and Model X owners out there because you guys paved the way and we Model 3 owners will benefit from these Linux kernel updates and these web browser updates. It's, uh, you know, when we get our cars, we, you know, hopefully we'll just think, wow, this is great. Whereas S and X owners have had to suffer through a lousy, a lousy in-car web browser for the last four years. All righty, uh, next up this week, Tesla, of course, we know they're trying to get into the Indian market, but they are having some trouble, unfortunately. You'll recall some months ago, Elon had suggested that he wants to to uh, enter into the India market sometime later this year. Now, it seems that cars imported into and sold in that country are subject to a tariff. And if uh, that if, that's if, at least 30% of the, unless 30% or more of the car's parts are sourced locally, which is obviously not the case with Tesla. And it can't be right now because Tesla builds all their cars here in California. In fact, this week, Elon tweeted, quote, in discussions with the government of India, requesting temporary relief on import penalties slash restrictions until a local factory is built, end quote. You know, let's hope that an agreement can be made here because it's clearly of mutual benefit to both the Indian economy, not to mention their environment, uh, has India has, has previously pledged that they wish to go completely electric with their uh, cars sold by 2030. And it's a, certainly a benefit to Tesla, obviously, uh, to, to be able to sell cars in a big and new market without that penalty. So um, let's hope that that works itself out. It, again, it makes sense for both parties. You know, India, I suppose will will have to be cautious of setting a precedent for other corporations that want to come in and maybe get an exemption if they get if they were to grant one to Tesla. But it sounds like Elon is uh, willing and ready to build a factory to serve uh, the India market. In fact, you know, you heard Elon say last week on this podcast, I had the sound clip of Elon talking about how Model Y is gonna need its own factory. Well, I wonder if India and probably China as well are gonna get their own Tesla factories at either the same time or maybe even sooner. I mean, depending how quickly Elon wants to try and move in and get a foothold in those, both of those are potentially enormous markets. You know, Tesla could expand, potentially expand its global footprint by a significant margin in the next few years, especially if you f- when you factor in the two to three new gigafactories that tes- Tesla intends to announce later this year and build in the coming few years. So uh, look for some more just accelerated growth from Tesla. Speaking of Accelerated, how's that for a transition? How's that for a segue? Uh, Finally this week, a very tiny tidbit about the next-gen Roadster from Elon Musk, despite the fact that the new Roadster is probably several, if not more, years away yet. Elon was asked on Twitter, Is the new Roadster going to do 0-60 to in under two seconds? To which Elon went ahead and replied to it and said, that would be an interesting target. Would of course only count if capable of doing so right off the production line with street legal tires. So he's clearly thinking about it. And I just, I literally cannot fathom that. I can't even fathom it. Uh, I have to imagine that two seconds flat is gonna be the goal with the roadster considering that that car is going to be purpose built for performance and they've got a 4,500 pound car already that can go zero to 60 in about 2.3, 2.4 seconds in the form of the model S. Uh, I mean, again, I I haven't driven a ludicrous car. I haven't driven a P100D or been in one. I have... Oh, I have driven the P85D, and boy, zero to sixty in three point one seconds is is this roller coaster like kick in the gut that feels so good. I mean, P100D, I, I am dying to check it out. I hope I get a chance at some point. Zero to sixty in two—that's almost literally a blink and you miss it kind of scenario. I mean, that's it's almost <laughs> unfathomable. I wonder, man, maybe I should skip the Model 3 and just start saving up for the next-gen Roadster now. I'll prob- I'd i probably have enough money saved up by the time I retire in about you know, 30-something, 40 years, maybe. Who knows? Hope, well, 30 years, I hope. Yeah, I mean, that, it, the, the, the original Roadster started at $109,000 before the tax credit. By the time all was said and done, when the Roadster 2.5... Uh, update had been out, and they'd sort of and the and the Roadster Sport upgrade. You could you could max out a Roadster at about I think it was like one hundred and fifty, hundred sixty thousand dollars was where they topped out when uh, at, at new sticker price. I've got to figure that whenever the next gen Roadster is is out. It's probably going to be a 200 plus $1,000 car. I don't think it's going to be, you know, a half million dollar car or a million dollar car or anything like that. I think relative to other supercars, I'll bet it'll actually be relatively affordable. Again, <laughs> relative relative relative. But yeah, I mean maybe it'll start, I don't know, maybe it could even be a little less, maybe 150, but I'm thinking maybe 2 for a well-equipped next-gen roadster, so if, uh, if the idea of 0-60 to 60 in 2 seconds appeals to you, start saving now. Uh, and with that, I'm going to take a break here and come right back. We have a huge edition of the Ride the Lightning Hotline. I asked for your calls last week, and so many of you kindly called in and delivered. So many, many great and interesting calls, a lot of great, interesting topics this week. So please stay tuned right after this. If you're like me and have a Tesla reservation, you'd probably love the chance to drive one around for more than just the short test drive that you can get from Tesla. Well, I've got a solution for you. Friend of the show, Joe Edgel actually rents out Model S and Model X Teslas for as long as you'd like. If you happen to be taking a trip to Washington DC or the Baltimore area, or if you wanna drive one so badly you're willing to make a special trip, check out Joe's website, emotion.rentals. If you want, Joe will even deliver the car to you at the airport or your hotel. That's E-M-O-T-I-O-N dot rentals. Now back to the show. Time for the Ride the Lightning Hotline, your time to shine. It's your calls, your questions, your comments, your reactions, your discussion topics. I love it, and we've got a bunch of great stuff this week. Uh, what do we got? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. We've got nine plenty of stuff to talk about this week Uh, we'll get it kicked off in a second but first i remind you i invite you to participate in the podcast call in with your question comment discussion topic reaction you can email me just record something on your smartphone and email me the file the email address is teslapodcast at gmail.com or you can just dial up the toll-free number and leave a message it's that simple That toll-free number is 1-888-989-8752. That's 1-888-989-TSLA. And if you know someone special with an upcoming birthday, anniversary, graduation, or some other special occasion, you can give them a unique gift of recorded voices from friends and family telling them why they're special. The recordings can be podcasted or put onto a keepsake. Visit lifeonrecord.com to learn more. Let's kick it off with... Colby in Seattle, we got I got a few calls, a few really good thoughts here. You, you recall last week I asked you, what the heck did Elon mean by, you guys should really come to the semi-truck unveiling? Colby from Seattle has his idea of what Elon may have meant by that. Colby, you're on the air.
1: Hey Ryan, Colby from Seattle. Just listening to your current episode regarding the shareholder meeting and I have a question or a hypothesis regarding the uh, Tesla, Tesla semi-truck uh, one last thing. Wouldn't it be cool if you could see the Tesla, Tesla semi-truck deliver in mass Model 3s to the stores? Love the show. Have a great day. Bye. See, calls like the ones I'm getting this
0: week, well, every week really, are why I love this part of the show. Yes, yes, Colby. I could totally see the semi doing model 3 deliveries except that the model 3 will have already begun shipping and there's presumably only one semi prototype but you know they could still make some sort of spectacle out of it i agree maybe the first performance model comes off the truck how about that you know they're refer- you know and then they give test rides in it yes <laughs> see you and i together colby you've inspired me We're thinking together. That is exactly the kind of thinking that I wanted to hear in uh, regards to what Elon teased for this semi-unveiling. Colby, thank you for the call. Let's go now to Andrew in Ottawa, who also has an idea of what could be in store at the Tesla semi-unveiling. So, Andrew, I turn it over to you. You are on the air.
1: Hey Ryan, it's Andrew from Ottawa, Canada. I'm calling in regards to your query about the Tesla Semi event and what this extra teaser will be during that event. Now I think this is something that all Tesla owners and soon to be owners are looking forward to and I think that uh, it's something that has been teased about in the past before and Elon has talked about it but then it's kind of fallen off the earth in the last few months and that is the new and improved awesome superchargers. So the much higher voltage for much, much faster charging, and I think this would be perfect sense at the Tesla Semi event because the Tesla Semi will have such an improved battery capacity to make those long distance possibilities, and what better time to need a new and improved supercharger to make it so that the Semi can also charge at a very rapid rate, and of course the rest of the fleet combined. Um, And then any naysayers about uh, long-distance travel will be squelched by that because even the several hundred kilowatt hour of the semi will be able to be charged very fast. Thanks for your podcast and hope you enjoy my theory. Take care. Bye.
0: Another great thought, Andrew. And you know, you're totally right. They could demo V3 supercharging on stage and just blow everyone away. It would be a huge selling point of the semi for potential buyers in the semi-truck industry. And it could be good buzz for the company, for Tesla in general, since that V3 supercharging would of course apply to the rest of the Tesla fleet, or hopefully we don't actually know what the hardware requirements are gonna be for it. So hopefully at least a good chunk of the fleet. Great stuff on that call, Andrew. Thank you very much. Uh, One more of these. It's from Joe in Cincinnati. He has his own theory about the so-called, well, as I guess I'm calling it the September surprise. Joe, take it away.
2: Hey Ryan, Joe from Cincinnati. Hey, I just listened to your podcast about uh the uh about the September surprise. I think what's gonna happen is the the uh the new uh uh semi-truck will get driven in and they'll open up the back trailer and out will come a prototype Model Y. I think that's pretty obvious, isn't it, right? Let me know what you think. Talk to you, bye.
3: Well, Joe,
0: I love this. I love this and I want to believe it so badly. X-Files, I want to believe. <laughs> and, and I'll tell you, Tesla releasing the teaser image of the Model Y so very recently gives a little weight to your theory. But here's my, here's my uh, unfortunate reason I think this won't happen. It, the Model Y is a vehicle that Tesla expects to outsell the 3. So given that, I just can't see them not hyping a Model Y unveiling up in the form of its own event. I, I've got to figure Model y, the Model Y unveil is going to be its own very, very big deal of an event, just like the Model 3 unveiling was. But... If it happens in September as part of the semi-truck, then, Joe, you will have totally called it. You will. You, we will refer back to this call. You will have called it. All right, great stuff there. Uh, two calls here making the same point. In fact, there was a, a third as well, but um, I just wanted to play two here back-to-back. Back. Drew in central Illinois and Evan in Connecticut uh, have thoughts on urban superchargers. You'll recall on last week's show... I was sort of just wondering out loud, why would Tesla throttle the urban superchargers? Like That that didn't make a ton of sense to me. So uh, here are thoughts from Drew in central Illinois and Evan in Connecticut. Gentlemen, take it away. Hi, Ryan. It's Drew from central Illinois. I was calling in about your last podcast where you were discussing
4: the Urban superchargers, and Elon said they were going to be a lower capacity. Uh, I think, in light of the new information we had a couple weeks ago about the gentleman who fast DC charged and basically uh, tripped the battery protection mode where he couldn't charge over 80 kilowatts, I think this probably has something to do with the lower power. So, uh, to your point, I think they want to get people in and out as quickly as possible, but I also think they're going to do it in a way where they can protect the battery long term where it doesn't impact uh, their long distance trips as well, just my two cents. thanks again for the podcast
5: Hey, Ryan. this is uh Evan from Connecticut I just I was listening to your podcast, and I just wanted to call in real quick and you were wondering why Tesla would have uh, superchargers that wouldn't charge that fast in urban areas or in apartment buildings and my guess is that, um, Elon is thinking that those people living in the apartment building would plug in their car every day after work or whatever. And constant supercharging isn't good for the battery. Uh, no- normal high speed charging isn't good for the batteries. What I've heard. So, um, if he's thinking that they're going to use it every day, lower the amount of amperage that comes out to make the battery last a little longer. So that's my thought. Um, maybe someone else has called in and has said the same thing. But, yeah, that's what I think. All right. Uh, th- thanks for doing the podcast. Really enjoy it. Listen to it every week. And uh, keep up the great work.
0: Fantastic points, guys. And I think you've both completely hit the nail on the head on this. It it just, it what you guys are saying makes perfect sense. An urban supercharger is going to get used by folks more often. So it makes total sense the Tesla would want to try and protect those people's batteries over the life of the car. So uh, thank you for those calls, Drew and Evan. And I want to give a shout out as well to our friend Joe in Michigan, who also called in with the exact same thing. Evan and Drew were first, but uh, I, I wanted to mention Joe, but I thought playing three calls in a row that all said the exact same thing might be a bit excessive. So Joe, I hope you'll forgive me on that. <laughs> Moving along here to Ryan in Cleveland. He's a regular caller. He wonders, uh, he has a theory or a thought about Tesla tire wear. So Ryan, take it away.
6: Hey, Ryan. This is also Ryan out in Cleveland, Ohio. Uh, several times throughout the last couple of years, I've heard about the mileage people are getting out of their tires on Teslas, whether it be S or X, 19 or 20 or 22 inch wheel all of them, all the numbers have all been shockingly low compared to my experience with all the cars I've owned in my life. Um, I, I had heard that it was the region that might be the thing that's killing these tires so quickly. I wonder if you or any of your people have any info to share on that. Um, if that's what's causing these tires to go off so quick. Uh in last week's episode you mentioned thirty thousand as if that was a good number. But uh the car I'm driving right now, geez, I feel like I've put a hundred thousand on it or so maybe eighty thousand since I bought tires. Um and they still look really good. <laughs> so just seems like uh I'm just curious why that's the case. Thanks. Well, you're right, Ryan.
0: I, I was saying 30,000 miles like it was a good thing because that's what I'm personally used to on my Infinity with its low-profile 19-inch tires, which is exactly, it appears, what I'm going to get on my Model 3. So it, it's all relative, right? I mean, sort of, sort of, I guess. Uh, but to your question, I don't think regen would affect tire wear, as all, all regen is doing is effectively slowing the car down when you'd normally be braking. It's not actually doing anything with the tires. Uh, I would suspect the tire wear on a Tesla could probably be traced back to the sheer weight of the cars. Both the S and X are very heavy compared to their ICE counterparts. You know, the, the bulk of the, the weight in a Tesla is in the battery pack, and that's that is a fact of physics that's not going to change anytime soon, uh, no matter how efficient the batteries get. I mean, to this is not a comparable example, but uh, just to my point about the weight of the car affecting tire life, my DeLorean used to go through rear tires way faster than the fronts, and I'm pretty sure it was because the engine was back... In the, in the rear, it was a rear-engine car, 65%, the DeLorean had 65-35 rear-to-front weight balance. 65% of the DeLorean's weight was in the back. Uh, so that's why I suspect uh, that was the case. And, and that's why I would probably guess what the Tesla is. You know, you've just got a lot of weight that, that's on those tires. So uh, it's the, the tires are not going to last as long. But back on topic with Teslas, you know, not only weight, but there's also the notion of torque as well. Teslas have a lot of power, as all of us know, even on the, even on the base models, there's relative, relatively quite a bit of power. And every single Tesla gets all of that power at zero RPM and zero miles per hour. So that, that power is there all the time and that probably doesn't help the tire wear either. So uh, it's going to be, it will be interesting to see how tire wear ends up on the Model 3s, there's still going to be heavy cars. Uh, and, you know, the, the, the smaller tire size is 18 inch. So we'll see. We'll see what... I'm uh, oh, sorry. That was, that was my microphone piece hitting the floor, a the, uh, piece of the wire. Sorry about that. Uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how the Model 3 tire wear ends up. I, I suppose we won't find out for some number of months before the first owners who are driving them like crazy start to uh start to get enough miles where they where they need to to swap tires well not even months it's going t- it's gonna take a while for hopefully i mean I would think it's going to take at least a year before we really get a good idea of uh, a year of the car being released before we get an idea of, of uh tire wear on them next Robbie in California back to the old leasing versus buying quandary uh these are usually all different but uh, it's this is such a such a popular topic and such a such an important topic for people. Again, you know, I mentioned earlier in the show, th- these are huge purchasing decisions. You know, this this is for I mean, for a lot of us, this is going to be the most amount of money we've ever spent on a car. Uh, it's it's usually the it's probably the most expensive thing any of us are going to buy other than a home. So you know, leasing versus buying, it's it's an important topic. So even though we do come back to this. Every now and again, I think it 's worth doing so, so uh, robbie you 're on the air
3: Hey, Ryan. This is Robbie from California calling uh, first and foremost. Thank you so much for providing a great show. Uh, look forward to it every week. I myself am a Model Three reservation holder, as of many, many people who listen to this. Just want to uh, ask a quick question in regards to leasing versus buying the Model Three. I know uh, Tesla's definitely want to come out with new hardware, new software at a pretty rapid pace. And I know this has been discussed on the podcast before. However, I think it's worth mentioning uh, if it's worth it to even purchase the car, knowing that Tesla's coming out with the Model Y uh, or just better hardware, better software. Um, I don't know if that will cost money if you are buying the car to upgrade versus having a leased car that you can maybe trade in on a yearly basis and upgrade to the newest thing um, without too much of a financial burden on you. But yep, just wanna know your thoughts. Thanks so much, bye.
0: Well, I hate to give kind of a non-answer here, Robbie, but the answer to that question, as I, I sort of alluded to up front, it's different for everyone. But I, here, here's what I will lay out is, software can be upgraded for Everyone. Even the earliest Model S's get software updates. They don't necessarily get to use every feature in that software update if their car doesn't have the hardware to support that, but they do continue to benefit from software updates. Hardware sometimes can be upgraded, i.e., the LTE, the 4G LTE chip that can be easily swapped out at any Tesla service center. For any of the, the uh, owners of the first uh, three or so, two and a half three years uh, worth of Teslas that had the 3G cellular data connection in them. Now, the thing, of course, leases often have mileage restrictions uh, or, or some sort of you know my, mileage limits or maybe some other kind of restrictions that might work just fine for some people, but maybe not at all for others. And then the other thing to keep in mind is the Tesla network. You know, it's, it's probably not going to be online in the, in the next couple of years or so. But you should consider the Tesla network as well, including with regards to what I was just talking about with, with leasing mileage restrictions. So if you, if you want to enter your car into the Tesla network to make some money for you, you, you need to keep a close eye on uh, mileage and any mileage restrictions that might be a part of your lease. I mean, for me, I've said before I'm buying, but I admit maybe that's going to end up being a bad idea. I don't know. You know, it's kind of a live and learn thing. I've, I've only had a couple of cars and only one new car ever in my life. And, uh, I, well, so yeah, I guess that's really the only case it applies really. Uh, because the first was a hand-me-down in the family and the second one was a, was a DeLorean and, that doesn't at least doesn't does not apply there. But uh, anyway, yeah. So, you know, it's there. Are, there are a lot of cases, points to be made on either side of that. Uh, we I try to cover them from time to time as as uh, the right opportunities to discuss those things come up. And I appreciate the call, Robbie. And, and I hope maybe I've, I've just helped at least make you think about one or two things that you hadn't already been thinking about because ultimately it you're going to need to make the best decision for you. And I wish you the best of luck in whatever you decide. All right. Next, we've got, let's see here, one, two, three more calls to get to. First is Eric in Chicago, who, uh, as an audio professional, he offers up a polite rebuttal to my comments regarding the audio codec from last week. You'll remember Elon talking about Tesla uh, working on an upgrade to the audio Kodak and I thought well gee how much how much could that really help when you know you still need some decent speakers some decent hardware to pump out that sound so Eric please educate me
7: hey Ryan Eric from Chicago here love the podcast I uh, just wanted to offer a quick rebuttal to your um your rebuttal to what Elon said last week about the uh, audio codec um, and what improvements can happen from there. Uh, I myself am an audio professional, and I know um, somewhat about this area. Um, And, yeah, there is actually considerable improvement that can be uh, made uh, from a codec perspective. Um, Just to hear it for yourself, um, you can take uh, any song that is playing on, uh, say, Pandora, and then open up that same song uh, that you have downloaded downloaded off of iTunes, and you're going to hear a considerable difference. It's night and day. Uh, personally, I can't handle Pandora because, you know, the codec is just like, you know, horrible to my ears. Um, but, uh, you know, you listen to a song that's playing on an FM radio, you find that same song uh, in your um, downloaded library, and you play it back, it's going to be a night and day difference. And that's just uh, the difference of the codec. Um, so... That's the codec itself, so they can improve that, uh, you know, quite easily. Uh, and then there's another aspect, uh, which is, uh, room correction. So the, um, the acoustics of a Model S are gonna be different than a Model X. You know, the Model X is a larger cabin space. It's gonna respond acoustically different than an S will. And all of that will respond differently than, say, an open room will. So they can do things, uh, like change the actual, um, Frequency response of the uh, the way the sound is even fed to the speakers to get a flatter, more uh, natural sounding uh, playback. So there's a lot that they can do with the uh, um, improving the sound quality of the. Um the playback uh, from their audio system. And I think it's totally awesome. I mean, I'm obsessed with Tesla and I think this is one of the great things that they have about where they update their system all the time. Anyway, just wanted to offer that quick rebuttal. Uh, Love the show, love you. Um, Keep on doing what you're doing, bye.
0: Thank you for this call, Eric. I'm not only happy to be corrected, but I'm even more happy to hear that Tesla really can make a substantial difference in uh, sound quality improvement in the cars with a codec up, uh, update. So uh, I very much appreciate the explanation and the education on that. Thank you very much. Uh, next is a caller from a gentleman. I, I sincerely apologize. I listened to this a few times. I just could not quite make out the name here. So sir, I do apologize, but he is from Baton Rouge and he has got uh, a little you know, firsthand experience to talk about with regards to buying a Tesla in Texas. Uh, he also has a comment on Model 3 configurations. So, sir, you are on the air.
2: Hi, Ryan. This is Zach calling from Baton Rouge, Louisiana. I had a comment about the Louisiana and Texas owners' uh, situation with those laws they just passed. Um, um, You said it would be harder for the buyers here to purchase the Tesla. I don't think it's going to actually make much of a difference. It's basically going to be the exact same thing you order in it. It'll be registered in California, but you can still pick it up in Houston. You don't have to go to oklahoma or anything to pick the car up um one thing that does change is for texas they're going to lose the twenty five hundred dollars state EV incentive because it's not technically being purchased in texas but louisiana does keep their state tax credit which is between eight and eleven thousand dollars depending on which battery size you choose for your tesla but everything else pretty much remains the same um uh, you're still basically arranging your own financing and you still have to pay your taxes to the DMB um local And I had another comment about the the model three configurations. Um even though it's less than a hundred, I think people are thinking of it the wrong way that it that it won't have enough configurations. I mean if it has six colors, uh, the red, white, blue, black, silver and the um the signature red, with two wheel uh choices and two roof options and And if if they bundled the interiors and gave you four options, that's um, 96 configurations. And that should be plenty for just about anyone. Uh, Thanks for taking the call.
0: Thank you for your call. And yeah, Elon kind of dispelled that whole Texas purchasing situation for me on the shareholder meeting last week. So uh, thank you very much for adding a bit of clarity to it for me. I'm... I'm very glad that I was overblowing it in my mind, and it seems like it's really not, in fact, that big of a deal. Now, as for configurations, you might be right. We haven't seen a single release candidate with a metal roof, so that might not actually be an option on the early cars. Same with the battery size. All the rumors suggest that the first run of cars are gonna be 75 kilowatt hour batteries. So if it's one roof option and it's one battery option, plus interior bundles, that means, just like you said, plenty of room for paint options and wheel options. I'll tell you, next month cannot come soon enough so we can finally start to get some of these answers. Final call this week is from McKenzie in Albuquerque calling in with regard to the Tesla supercharging stations and what what the uh, Elon Grandmaster plan could eventually turn those into this was a i really love this call take a listen to this
4: hi ryan this is mckinsey from albuquerque new mexico i've been listening to your show for a long time Uh, great work keep it up Um, i just wanted to call in about the idea of the tesla supercharging station and we've seen a lot of different elements kind of floating around but we have not seen them announced together so there's this kind of idea that they have the supercharging system They just announced that they're going to install uh, Tesla solar panels and then the power packs. Um, And then a couple of your other callers have mentioned the idea of having fleet services. So when Tesla rolls out their um, kind of Uber-like system, that your car can take itself here, get cleaned, and charge. And then another thing I was thinking about is we've seen the, the charging snake, which automatically connects to the car. And... I haven't heard about that in years, so I'm thinking that they're going to bring that into the station and enable cars to switch themselves out when they're full, increase their charging efficiency. And also, once they have this infrastructure set up, these Tesla stations can basically become local infrastructure, right? They have a large uh, power pack installation, and they can sell energy back to the grid during like peak hours. Uh, and my final thought is that Once Tesla has all these different locations around urban areas, it would make sense if these became access points for the Boring Company tunnels. Um, Yeah, so I was just thinking about all these different elements and how they're going to come together in the long term at these kind of Tesla stations. Just love to get your thoughts on that. Um, Thank you very much, and I look forward to hearing what you think.
0: Oh, I I really like the way you think. And it it would certainly be Elon's style to combine all of his initiatives into one transportation revolutionizing system. That's, that would be a very Elon Musk thing to happen. I could absolutely see the Tesla networkified charging and service stations also serving as boring company tunnel stops. I, I really hope Elon hears this. Though odds are he's already got it planned in his head. So uh, that is uh, something that maybe we'll see someday, I hope. All right, that's everything in the Ride the Lightning Hotline for this week. Again, thanks for all the wonderful calls. Please feel free to keep them coming. You can record your question, comment, or discussion topic on your uh, voice recording program on your smartphone and then email me the file, teslapodcast at gmail.com. Or you can just call in toll-free to the Ride the Lightning Hotline. It could not be easier That toll-free number is 1-888-989-8752. Be right back with a few parting thoughts for you right after this. You know, I forgot to mention at the top of the show, uh, I'm not trying to toot my own horn here. I just am genuinely humbled flattered and honored by this. Uh, this podcast just crossed last week, crossed 1 million lifetime downloads. And that is, I just never could have fathomed that when I started this and just started putting it out into the ether. And then people started finding it. And it's it's so humbling. It's so flattering. It makes me feel so good. Uh, just so thank you to all of you who've Given this pod, podcast a try. Maybe you're listening to it for the first time now. Maybe you've been listening to it for six months or a year or since episode one. Thank you. Just thank you very much for, for uh, giving me uh, and giving this podcast a try here. Again, I, I can't say it enough. Your time is valuable. I respect your time. And for you to uh, trust me with you know, 45 minutes to an hour or even a little more than an hour of it each and every week it really means a lot to me, so thank you all. Uh, on the note of thanks, I want to thank the Patreon producers, the kind folks who support my efforts here. Uh, the show is on Patreon because a lot of work does go into this podcast every week. I enjoy the heck out of it, but boy, it has is, it is become its own part-time job. So uh, if you wouldn't mind at least taking a look at the Patreon page, maybe you'll see something there, maybe you'll, maybe you'll decide you want to support it if not, no problem. I'm still going to be here for you. But in case you do, uh, take a look. The Patreon page, it's patreon.com. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N, patreon.com slash Podcast. And the extraordinarily awesome folks, the Patreon producers who pledge at the $20 or higher level each and every month, it's Jeff Bartram, Paul Hussey, DJ Harbaugh, Pete White, Wolfgang Obergin. George Cassiopo, ZL Klein, David Brander, Jonathan Wales, John Waltauer, Scott Gillis, Michael Lucas, Alexi Heft, David Kittle, Lisa Kaz, Michael Oprey, Logan Willis, Matthew Para, Michael Lester, John E. Ford, Robert Maracle, Kyle Stover, Vince Vaughn, John Lasher, David Vakil, Harold Plug, and Jason Chalucas. So, uh, all of you, thank you so much. Uh let's see. Ah, Abstract Ocean. They're, they're still running that uh that coupon code which is great. Check Take a look, see what Abstract Ocean's got. Again, they've got stuff for you and for your Tesla. So whether you're an owner or not, uh just by virtue of of listening to this show, you've got the secret code for 20% off of your order. That that coupon code to enter at checkout is RTL podcast as all one word. Enter that in at checkout for 20% off of your order. Thanks to abstractocean.com for setting that up for my listeners. Uh, Ah, if you're buying a Tesla, number one, congratulations. Number two, don't press that order button until you've used the referral code here because you will get $1,000 off of your Tesla and you'll be grandfathered in. You'll get free unlimited lifetime supercharging. So... Put this into your browser. It's a short link that will take you to the design studio with the $1,000 and the free supercharging for life factored in. So it's ts.la slash jeff2311. Jeff spelled J-E-F-F. Follow me on Twitter at DMC underscore Ryan. Or as I've mentioned earlier, you can email me teslapodcast at gmail.com. Dave T does an outstanding job on the weekly Tesla newsletter, which you can subscribe for free at teslaweekly.com. And most of you hopefully already subscribed to the podcast so that it's automatically downloaded to you or your device each and every week. Subscribe for free, of course, on your, pretty well, any of your favorite podcast services, including iTunes, Google Play Music, Stitcher, TuneIn, which, by the way, TuneIn is in the Tesla. You can find this podcast in your Tesla Or uh, you can do MP3 downloads, listens, or pick up the RSS feed at teslapodcast.libson.com. Thank you all so much. Uh, Again, sorry if I missed anything on Friday or Saturday from having to record the show early. I'm off to do some family stuff here for uh, for the weekend, and I just needed to get the show, had to get the show done now because I won't have the opportunity uh, on my normal time. So do forgive me in case I miss anything, but I will see you all back at the normal time next week. Happy electric motoring.